For a few moments, let me direct your attention to the 12th chapter of Hebrews. Begin reading with verse number 1. And it reads like this. Wherefore, I think I've told you this before, but when you see wherefore, you need to stop and see what it's there for. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. From this setting, I want to speak to you for a few moments about a portrait of an overcomer. Everybody say that with me. The portrait of an overcomer. Amen. God, we need you tonight. We need you to captivate our minds and our hearts. That your word can do its work in all of us. That when we leave here tonight, we leave better than we came. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I love to study the lives of great men. I love to read books about them and all of their achievements. Earlier, uh, the last couple of years, I have been uh, on an odyssey of the great uh, adventurers of America, many of the mountain men that were, they, they were called mountain men, who explored the unknown parts of our United States at that time and all of the hardships that they endured and the many uh, things they had to overcome in their experiences that actually opened the land. We, we often think of the Rocky Mountains and those men that went there and lived in such uh, austere conditions, and they survived. Many of the stories are almost a myth. They are so uh, profoundly powerful in uh, what they endured. And yet, there was an earlier uh, set of men who came across the Allegheny Mountains, and that was the real first frontier of the American uh, nation, and the men who 
took the chances and they risked their lives. I love to read about that because in reading about overcomers and men who rise up and face challenges, I learn things for my own life. I learn valuable lessons about life that I believe that I can apply to my own experience. And I believe that it is important that all of us be mindful of that, that there are others around us that are there for the purpose of encouraging us and helping us. The Bible may command me to love everybody, but I don't hang out with everybody. Amen. I want to hang out with those that will help make me better. Those that will challenge me to greater things. I love reading and hearing of the stories of our missionaries and pioneers that went into foreign countries. And against all odds, they were able to forge a work of God. And one in particular I saw at our general conference is... Uh, a man who went into South America and into the Amazon River area and he opened that area by airplane to the missions work. And now because of Brother DeMerchant, there are millions of believers in that area of the world. And I love to hear their stories because In listening to them, I gain knowledge and I gain confidence and I gain the courage to realize that I too can be an overcomer if I choose to. And I I love to read the secular things, but there's nothing that I love more than reading the Word of God. And I love doing character studies. I love going through the Bible and studying the lives of men uh, from Scripture and, and noting their achievements and what they did to overcome and how they got to where they were, how they succeeded in life. Perhaps the greatest study that you could ever make is in the chapter previous to one we read from, that is Hebrews chapter 11. We call it the heroes of faith. And if there's anybody that's worth imitating and uh, anybody that's worth uh, shadowing your life uh, in their shadow, it would be that uh, it is found in Hebrews chapter 11. It was by faith that these individuals were empowered and enabled. I love to read the, the 11th chapter from the Amplified Version of the Bible because it accentuates certain aspects of their faith and and it enlarges its meaning and what their faith was was enabling them to do or empowering them to do. That faith is more than some static knowledge or something that you have in your head, but Faith is an actual force and power that when it is operating in your life can help you face any situation. It can help you face any kind of ordeal and overcome whatever you're facing. When you read Hebrews chapter 11, you read about faith that enabled men. That mean it assisted them. 
and it allowed them to do what they did. It empowered them. It permitted them to do what they did. It inspired them. It guided them. It accentuated them. It motivated them. Sometimes you need a faith that can motivate you and make you get up and go a little further and hang on a little longer. You need a faith that will trigger something inside of you that said, if they did it, I can do it. If they overcame it, I can overcome it. The faith that these individuals exemplified prompted them. That word means to encourage or to impel them to do what they did. Sometimes faith is powerful enough to impel you, to push you on ahead when you live by faith. It urged them on. It counseled them. It insisted that they must go on. It drove them on in their life. It aroused them. It awakened them. It stirred them. It stimulated and provoked their minds to believe that greater things were yet to come. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of faith in my life. Hallelujah. I don't want just something that I... I hold in my mind, I want something that holds me in its grasp as well. And the faith of Hebrews 11 will do just that. And then you come to chapter 12. And Paul, writing the book of Hebrews, uh, spoke of uh, some traits and characteristics that I believe are worth considering tonight. And when I read these a few weeks ago and began to write down a few notes, I believe the Lord showed me the portrait of an overcomer. Here is a snapshot of those who you read about in chapter 11. This is what it took to become a a, a member of the Hall of Fame of Faith. This is what it will take to continue to be in that hall of fame of faith. And they're simple things, and yet they are so profoundly powerful in our life that if we would even consider them tonight, it would make a difference for all of us. I believe the first character of a overcomer or the first point that I would like to make is the fact that those who overcome are surrounded by the right kind of influences. Amen. They are surrounded by the right kind of influences. I think you need to look around your own life tonight and ask yourself, who is influencing my life right now? And are those around me that I have allowed into my inner circle, are they making me better Or are they keeping me on a status or a static plane or are they dragging me down? I don't know about you, but I made up my mind a long time ago. I want to hang out with winners, not losers. I want to hang out with winners, not whiners. I've got a few friends that I call on a regular basis. I have other friends, but I don't call them all the time because... 
the conversation tends to turn negative real quick. If they're going through some kind of trouble, they start talking. I don't need, I got enough trouble of my own. I need somebody that can talk to me and tell me of the good things that God's doing and the power of God that is being demonstrated in their midst. I need to be careful who I allow into my inner circle of influence. And be careful who you run with. Amen. I believe overcomers are conscious of who they're hanging out with. you got to choose the right crowd. Are they making me better? Or am I becoming just another one of them? I don't want to become just another one of them. I want to surround myself with the right kind of influences. I want to come out of it better than I went into it. Amen. I like being around people that are smarter than me. I do. I'm not, I, I, I used to be intimidated by that, but I'm not intimidated by that anymore because their intelligence inspires me to try to be a little smarter myself. You hang out with all the dumb clunks. Don't be surprised if your eat, your IQ goes down. Yeah. Yeah, you can't run with the turkeys and fly with the eagles. You got to make up your mind what do you want to be? And what do you want the influence of your life to be? And an overcomer is conscious always of the influences of his life. I want to be surrounded by the people of chapter 11. I want to be surrounded by overcomers. I want to be surrounded by men and women who look life in the eye and said you're not going to beat me I'm going to overcome you I want to be surrounded by people that lift me up and help me become a better person amen turn to somebody next to you and tell them they need to be careful who they're hanging out with you need to be careful who you're allowing in to your life this is what I have learned in life we become what we fellowship. You can't hang out with a nasty mouth, nasty thought person and not have that influence your thought life. You cannot hang out with people that are negative and find fault with the church and the pastor and all the saints in the church and come away feeling better about the church. (laughs) I'm not here to pastor tonight, even though I am the pastor, but I am telling you, you need to be mindful of the people that you let into that circle because they're going to have an influence on you. Some what one the Spanish proverb said, tell me what you listen to and I'll tell you what you are. Well, I've got an addendum to add to that. Tell me who you hang out with, and I'll tell you who you'll become. Amen. You may need to love everybody, but you don't have to hang out with everybody. You need to learn if you want to be an overcomer. If you want to live by faith, if you want to be victorious, if you want to live a conquering life, you got to be around people that are overcoming and that are doing better than you because they will help pull you up to a higher place. Amen. I love to play golf. 
Some people know that. Some of you don't. If you think that's a sin, please forgive me. My dad called it cow pasture pool. I don't know if that's true or not, but sometimes it feels like that's what it is. But I, I like playing with people that are better than me because I want to be better. And I've never gotten better playing with a hack. And you don't know what that is. I'll have to tell you after church. But I, I don't want to play all the time with duffers. I like playing with duffers, but I don't want to play all the time with duffers. I'm getting in deep water already. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I want to play with somebody that hits the ball right down the middle of the fairway. And hits the ball on the green and puts the ball in the hole and makes a birdie. While I'm struggling over in the woods to make a, a, a bogey. Because if I don't challenge myself by those things, I'm never going to reach for those things. I don't want somebody to come and pat me on the back and say, oh, it's all right, but you're doing the best you can. No, I'm not. I can be better than I am. And I want to be around people that help bring that out. And you need to be conscious of that yourself. If you want to be an overcomer, you need to look around at the crowd you're hanging out with and say, hey, I may need to change location. I may need to get a new surrounding influence of friend. I want to be around people that are going up. I want to be around people that are talking up. I want to be around people that are living up. Amen. The portrait of an overcomer. They are conscious of the influences that surround their life. Number two. They get rid of the things that hold them back. He said, you must put aside the weights. Let go. Cut away the weights that so easily beset us. There's a lot of things in life that are not sin, but they are heavy and they hold me back. And I've learned this. It doesn't have to be a sin for me to let it go. Some people say, well, if it's not a sin, I don't need to let it go. I need to let some of it go because it's just holding me back. I need to let it go. I need to choose to let that go. I need to strip away everything that would hinder me. I need to cut out all the junk that keeps trying to pull me back into that old life. I think it would do good for some people every once in a while to go through their phone and uncheck that little box on Facebook. Because that, that little influence right there has a lot to do with the way you think on a regular basis. And if you're filling your mind full of all the crud that some people put on Facebook, you're not doing yourself a favor. You're only lowering yourself to their level. I believe there's time somebody needs to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to get rid of the stuff that's holding me back. I'm going to strip myself of those things that would restrict my ability to run with everything that I have in me. There's nobody that knows me like me. And I know the things that can so easily get in the way. And those are the things that I have to do. And I want to tell you what I believe we need to get rid of the most. And we all have them. 
We all, this is one thing that we are all plagued with. I believe the greatest hindrance to any person's spiritual life are excuses. And we've all got them. We call it the loser's limp. We can't just walk off the field being defeated. We gotta hobble off. Well, you know, if I hadn't gone lame, I might have done better. Why don't we just face the fact that we don't always win? Why don't we just accept the fact that we're not always gonna come in first? He didn't say anything about coming in first. He just said finish. Finish. Whether you're first or not, it doesn't matter. Just make sure you get across the line. Because he's not seeing who's running the fastest. He's looking for those who are being consistent in their running and they're staying with it. And whatever comes in the way, they just overcome it and keep going. I believe it would do us all good to get rid of the excuses that are the greatest hindrance to our spiritual progress. And and be honest and admit that when we stumble, it's not somebody else's fault. It's mine. Number three, I believe that an overcomer is pictured as one who stays focused on what matters. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I am human. I am more human than some of you think I am. And I am influenced just as you are by people. But I have learned in my spiritual life that it never helps me when I let my eyes get on people. Because people will disappoint you. People will hurt you. People will lie about you. People will say things that don't need to be said about you. They may be true, but they don't need to be said. And if you're not careful, you can let your eyes get on what people are saying. So much so that you forget what he is saying. Amen. It is important that I keep my eyes focused on what matters. It doesn't matter if you like me or not. I'd like for you to like me. But it really doesn't matter if you like me or not. What matters is whether he likes me or not. And I know this. He does more than like me. He loves me. Amen. He loves me warts and all. He loves me with all of my hang-ups, all of my shortcomings. When he said, for God so loved the world, he loved it when it was as ugly as it could be and as lost as it could be. His love is not predicated on how good you are, but it is on how good he is. Amen. He loves me. And so I need to keep my eyes focused on the right thing. I need to keep my eyes on him. Amen. That's what really matters. Follow me 
as I follow Christ, but don't, don't keep your eyes always on me. Look, look to him. Look, look a little higher than this earthly realm because earth will disappoint you. Everything in the earth will disappoint you, but he will never disappoint you. And though people will let you down, he will never let you down. Amen. Keep your eyes focused on the right thing, on what matters. Number four, I believe the most important thing for any person who wants to be an overcomer is that they've got to take quit out of their vocabulary. Amen. You need to go get your Webster and go to the Q section and get you a black marker and just scratch through the word quit. Black it out. Take it out. Take scissors and cut it out. I don't want quit in my vocabulary. The Bible says this, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Now there's two things you've got to understand about that statement. First of all, his eyes were not on the cross. His eyes were on what the cross was going to accomplish. His eyes were beyond the suffering. His eyes were not focused on the the lashing and the nails and the whipping and the ridicule and the mockery and all the suffering that he went through. His eyes were beyond that at what his suffering would produce and what his blood would purchase. And that was what kept him going. I'm here to tell you tonight, you can endure anything when you keep your eyes on the right thing. And you can endure anything when you understand what is beyond the suffering. Amen. What is beyond the trial is not tragedy, but triumph. The trying of your faith. What does it do? What did Peter say the trying of your faith does? It perfects you. It makes you better. Amen. Anybody here not interested in being better? Then quit griping about your trial. Quit moaning about your shortcomings because it was that, that fire that God used to make you what you are. You can endure anything as long as you keep your eyes focused on the right thing. And the right thing is not the suffering, but what will the suffering produce? Amen. Patience. Long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and kindness and love and compassion. That's what it produces. Think of all of the hostilities that he endured to get where he got. Think of all the things that he suffered in a, in, in order to get through. But he never quit. He never gave up. He resolved to finish 
Why don't you just settle something tonight? I don't care how I have to do it. If I have to crawl across the finish line, if I have to scrape my knees and knuckles and everything else, I'm going to get across that line. I'm not quitting until the race is over. I'm not giving up and I'm not going back. I'm not turning around and I'm not stopping. Amen. Sometimes there's a victory in just showing up. Amen. Sometimes I don't feel like jumping real high, but I do feel good because I'm still here. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? You need to rejoice that you're still here. Ah, yes. Think about all the ways the enemy's tried to take you out. All the stuff that's been said about you. All the lies that have been told. All the things that have been done to sidetrack you. All the hurt that you've suffered. And yet in spite of all of it, I may be marked and bruised and battered, but I'm still here. Hallelujah. Amen. Take quitting out of your vocabulary. This is the, this is the part that you play. In the story of your life. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Endure. Everybody say endure. Endure the contradictions of life. There's some things about life that I don't understand. There's some things that don't make sense. Why do such good people suffer so deeply? I don't know all the answers to that. But I know this. That if you'll just continue. You'll win. Amen. I love the writings of Christopher Columbus, and I remember reading in his journals, and and I don't have time to go into all of it, but there was points in his journey in which his, his crew determined that they were going to mutiny. And they had reached a point of consensus among the sailors that he was a quack, that he had lost his mind, that he had brought them on this voyage only for them to lose their life. And they were at the point of mutiny many, many days on end. And yet when he sat down at night to pin his thoughts for the day, the last word that he pinned in his journal every evening were these. Today, we sailed on. Today, We sailed on. It may have rained. They may have cursed me. They may have said hateful things about me. But at the end of the day, I want it recorded of me. He sailed on. Try whatever you may. You're not going to stop me in my journey. I am in this to finish. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Let's stand together. The last point that I want to make, and I told you this was simple, but I believe simplicity would help a lot of us do a little better. You never stop reaching. You never stop reaching. The scripture says, consider him that endured, lest you be wearied, lest you be wearied and faint. In your minds, never stop reaching. Young man by the name of Eric Wyman Meyer achieved great things in his life. One of the most notable achievements of his life was that he was one or he is one of the few 
that has scaled Mount Everest. Mount Everest is the most daunting, intimidating challenge there is, I guess, in this earthly realm. I've read many of the the stories of what it takes to prepare the months of training and all of the things that they go through, the ordeal of trying to make that treacherous journey, all of the unexpected things that happen along the way, the storms that come out of nowhere, the blizzards, they have to hang on for life. Many Many hundreds of people have lost their lives trying to accomplish what Eric accomplished. The interesting part about Eric's accomplishment is that he was, he was the first blind person to ever do that. Blind. And he scaled Mount Everest. And he was standing at the pinnacle of that peak. And one of his entourage, the men who had gone with him, stepped up behind him and whispered words in his ears that forever changed his life. In my mind and in my estimation, Everest is about as high as it gets. I mean, it's the highest peak in the world. One of the most daunting challenges that a man could ever consider facing. To overcome that with with sight is one thing, but to overcome it being blind is something altogether different. But as he stood there in that moment of triumph and victory, thinking, exalting in his accomplishment, There was a voice that whispered in his ear and it profoundly affected the next chapter of his life. And these were the words that were whispered. Don't let this be the greatest thing you ever do. Don't let this be the greatest thing you ever do. Those words sunk in. And so after coming down from the mountain and after going through another series of training, Eric became the first blind man to solo kayak 277 miles of rapids on the Grand Canyon. Eric cut the word quit out of his vocabulary. He had many reasons to do it. He was blind. There were many adversities. But he said, you know what? I don't want to be known as a quitter. I want to be a winner. What do you want to be known for tonight? A whiner? A complainer? a moaner, a griper. I use those words loosely, but sometimes that's what we become. Because life is so hard and so challenging. 
so many things are against us. And when we think about all of that, we think, well, I can't overcome this and I'll never overcome that. The reality is you can overcome anything. If you get beyond what it is that you're trying to overcome, you've got to look beyond that. You'll never overcome it if you keep looking at it. You know what they tell a good boxer? One of the most important principles of boxing, and I'm not a boxer, but I have boxed a little bit, but the most important principle of boxing is that you don't hit your opponent. You punch through your opponent. That's how you knock them out. You don't just hit to them. You punch through them. you got to see beyond. You know how you overcome? You get your eyes off of the stuff that's going on in your life right now, all the chaos that's around you right now, all the problems that you're dealing with, all the stress that's going on, and look beyond to something greater. There's a victory on the other side of this. There's a reason that God has let me go through this. There's a reason this has come into my life. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not giving up. Because I want to be an overcomer. Amen. 277 miles of rapids without sight. I don't know what all Eric will continue to do in his life, but I know this. He's inspired me to quit complaining about my few aches and pains and get up and do something greater for God. Look beyond the moment. Look beyond the pain. Never stop climbing. Amen. Amen. Never stop climbing. Never stop reaching. I love what Paul said in another portion of Scripture, the the book of Philippians. He said, I've not achieved yet. I've not made it yet. But this one thing I do. I forget Those things which are behind me. I let go of all of that stuff, good or bad. And I reach, I reach for the prize, the high calling of Christ. Some of you need to start reaching for something higher tonight. And then lift up your hand to him right now and begin to reach out to him. Lord, I... I need something higher. I want to surround myself with the influences that will help take me higher. Hallelujah. I want to go up, Lord. I want to become a better man. I want to become a better person. I want to grow. I want to become more like you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Man, I think it would be in order tonight. If we came as a church family, let's, let's close our service tonight at the altar together. Amen. Hallelujah. Reach. Come on, reach for something higher. Reach for something higher. Oh God. I don't want to be satisfied with mediocrity. I I don't want to be satisfied with just getting by. I want greater things in my life. I want to be used in God. 
I want to surround myself with people, influences that will help make me a better person, influences that will help make me a, a, a stronger person. Oh, hallelujah. 